There's a boldness, boldness. Is it okay? Is that all right? I'm not going to ask you if it's all right or not. It's the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. So there's some people in here need a little boldness here today. So that leads me right into my message. Realms of authority. Realms of authority. Realms of authority. Realms of authority. This message will answer a lot of questions about why prayers don't get answered. And why so many Christians are constantly being defeated by the devil in their daily lives. Are you ready to hear a message like that? Most Christians don't realize they have authority in the name of Jesus. And the ones that do, so many disqualify themselves from exercising that authority as we'll see. And most don't realize that our authority only works in certain realms or certain areas. Did you hear what I just said? Most Christians don't realize they have authority in the name of Jesus. And the ones that do, so many disqualify themselves from exercising it as we'll see. And most don't realize that our authority only works in certain realms or certain areas. This message will help you understand where your authority will work and instances where it is limited or it will not work at all. For example, has anybody ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Well, in Munchkinland, if you, if you watch that, the Wicked Witch of the West had no authority in Munchkinland. But the Wicked Witch of the East did. It's very interesting. It can teach us a lot. And the Wicked Witch of the West said to Dorothy, True, I can't deal with you here and now like I'd want to. See, because she had no f- power, no authority in Munchkinland. Had to get her out of Munchkinland. And then the Wicked Witch, once she had Dorothy at the castle, she, the, the Wicked Witch had full authority at the castle, didn't she? She had full authority in that haunted forest, didn't she? Absolutely. But, uh, but there in Munchkinland, her, her authority didn't extend to Munchkinland. And you see, the same thing is true. We, 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 ha- we, we have authority that Jesus gave us, but we, don't, we can't exercise it just anywhere we want, anytime we want, however we want. There, there's limitations on it. Uh, here's another example. Uh, if we were going to have to call a shot here at the church, you know what I mean, call a shot, the decision had to be made. Uh, who, who would you look at to make that decision? Well, you, you look at me. Is that right? Uh, what if you came over to my house? You came over to my house and uh, you're sitting in my living room and, and something came up. A decision had to be made. Uh, who would you look at? You, 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 you'd look at me, right? Or Diane, one of us, you'd look at us. Is that right? Because it's my house. But now what if I come over to your house? Well, now you're calling the shots, aren't you? You're calling the shots, see? Because you have authority at your house. But now if I come over to your house and you give me authority to do something at your house, well, now that's a whole different deal, isn't it? Now you've given me authority to do something at your house. Is that right? Absolutely. What about a a, a landlord that owns a house and then he rents it or leases it out to somebody? Well, does that... Who owns the house? The landlord owns the house. But can the landlord come over there any time that he wants to and do whatever he wants whenever he wants? Absolutely not. He, he, he's limited by that lease or that renter's agreement. And he can only come at certain times, certain, certain ways. He can't just... But he, it's his house. He owns the house. Yeah, he does. But he rented it out, you see. And so that, that renter... And, and actually, that renter, in some ways, at certain times, certainly has as much or more authority, actually, in that house than the landlord does. Is that right? Absolutely. And you have to understand that's the way God set, the, set this up when he created 
man and put him in the Garden of Eden. You could read in Genesis, the first chapter, that God gave man authority over the entire earth. Absolutely. And, of course, Adam surrendered that authority over to the devil. And Jesus came and got that authority back from the devil and gave it to us. And he said that he had all, he said, all power, all authority in heaven and earth been given unto me. Then he said to his disciples, you go, and they're a representative group of you and me, you go and, and, and cast the devil out, lay hands on the sick, so on and so forth, you see. So we have authority, now listen to this, we have authority over the devil, demons, sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. However, our authority can only be exercised within certain realms or certain areas. There are people and places we have authority over and people and places we do not. So let's talk about this today. First of all, James 4, 7, James 4, 7, we can't exercise authority until we submit to authority. Now that's something you ought to write down and you need to make note of that and don't ever forget it. We cannot exercise authority until we submit to authority. We cannot exercise authority until we submit to authority. Notice James 4, 7. Notice what the Bible says. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now so many people quote the second part of that verse. They'll quote and they'll say, Resist the devil, brother. Resist the devil, sister, and he'll flee from you. But you see that's only half, half of it. And, and the second part of that verse will not work if you don't do the first. And so many want to do the second part of that verse. And I've watched them for years. I've done it myself. Resist the devil. Resist the sickness. Resist the disease. Resist the cancer. Resist this. Resist that. Resist the devil. And the devil, all he does is sits there and laughs at you. He doesn't have to go anywhere. You can resist him. Listen to me. You can resist the devil in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the devil will stand right there and laugh at you. He doesn't have to go anywhere if you don't submit yourself to God. Now you need to understand that. Now there's power in the name of Jesus, all right. Absolutely. Complete and total power. But I've watched this for many years, and I've done it myself, where I haven't been submitted to God, and I use the name of Jesus, and the devil just stands there and laughs at you. Don't have to go anywhere. But I tell you what, if you get a Christian that's submitted to God, and then they take that name of Jesus and use that name of Jesus. You can slice the devil up every which way you can imagine and run him down the street. Did you get what I just said? Did you or didn't you? You need to understand that. Just because you say the name of Jesus doesn't mean you're submitted to God. You need to realize that. Now, we need to submit to God and His Word. We need to submit to what the Word of God says, all right. You understand that. But you know what? People miss it in, in this. Now listen carefully. Watch thousands and thousands and thousands of people over 25 years miss it right here. I've missed it myself right here. We understand, and if you say to people, are you submitted to God? Most Christians say, absolutely, Pat. Absolutely, absolutely. 100%. Are you submit? If, if you're not a tither, you're not submitted to God. The devil doesn't have to leave. When you resist him. Did you get what I just said? Now you think I'm after your money. I'm not after your money. You, you that know me know my heart. But if you don't tithe, the devil ain't, you, you're not going to run him. He's not going to move an inch for you. Why? Because you're not submitted to God. The Bible says you need to be a tither. Did you understand that? Did you get that? Now that's just one area. If you're not walking in love, you're not submitted to God. 
You resist the devil, he don't have to go anywhere. If you, if you refuse to forgive somebody, you could resist the devil all day. The devil ain't going nowhere. Did you hear me? But now here's another one, and this is the one I want to get at here. Who does God say we're su- to su- supposed to submit to? Who does God say we're supposed to submit to? Now this is where most, uh, but most people miss it right here. Because people will, yeah, I'm submitted to God. Absolutely. I'm submitted to his word. Absolutely. But here's where people fall down. Now, now, now listen, hold, hang on this. Get this. Get this right here. There are people that God puts over us in authority and we have to submit to those people. And if we're not submitted to those people, we're not submitted to God. Did you get what I just said? I want to read from my notes. How can a person submit to God who they have not seen when they can't submit to people God says they're supposed to submit to that they have seen? Did you get what I just said? Oh, I'm submitted to God. I'm submitted to God. I'm submitted to God. But are you submitted to the people that God has put over you in authority? So many Christians aren't. They'll submit to God, but they won't submit to that person that he's put over them in authority. So thus, since they won't submit to that person that God's put over them in authority, guess what? You're not submitted to God. Thus, you resist the devil. He don't have to go anywhere. Now, before I get into this list of who we're supposed to be submitted to, I want to give you a safety net that's found, we, we, it's, in, it's, it's in the book of Acts, the fifth chapter, you can look it up and read it. Read the whole chapter, you'll, you'll find the verse I'm looking for. Here's a safety net. The Bible says we ought to submit to God rather than man, or we ought, we ought to obey God rather than man. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So, so if a person tells you to do something that violates God's word, you don't listen to that person. Do you understand that? Now that's the safety net. That will protect, protect you from all kinds of weird, crazy stuff. We ought to obey God rather than man. Okay? So if me or anybody else tells you to do something that is out of line with this word right here, you don't listen to me or anybody else. Who do you listen to? You listen to God. Okay? That'll protect you from dictatorial kinds of people. Okay? Now, having said that, though, just listen to this. If you want to be able to exercise authority, listen to this. Here's who God says we're supposed to be submitted to. Many of these are found in the book of Ephesians, chapters 5 and 6. So you could read that. We could look them all up. But for the sake of time, first of all, we're supposed to be submitted to each other. That word submit means yielded to. We're supposed to be yielded to one another. Then, of course, wives are supposed to be submitted to their husbands. But you know what? That's only if, now listen to this, that's only if the husband is loving the wife the way Christ loved the church. Did you get that? So if the husband isn't loving the wife the way Christ loved the church, the wife is not obligated to submit to him. See, that's good, isn't it? 
Because you get a lot of dictatorial husbands that, that they're mean as a, as a rattlesnake and beat their wives up with their words and, and in other ways and want the wives to kowtow down to them. Absolutely not. The husband loves the wife the way Christ loves the church and then the wife ought to be and should have no problem being submitted to the husband. Now, I've watched this, oh, Lord, oh, my, 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 my. I've watched this one for years, right here, this one right here. I've watched, and for some reason, women are more prone to pray than men. I I don't know why that is, but I've watched this for 25 years. I, I, I know my business. I know what I'm doing. I've watched this. And I've watched women, prayer, great prayer, oh, yeah, great, prayer warriors, prayer warriors, bunk. You know why I say bunk? Great prayer warriors, but their husband asks them to do something. I'm talking about a husband that, that really loves his wife. And, and the husband asks him to do something that does not violate this Bible. And the wife says, no. Guess what? That woman has no power in prayer, does she? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And you could turn it around. If a husband wasn't loving his wife the way Christ loved the church, he's not submitted to God because he's not obeying the word of God. He don't have any authority either, does he? Absolutely not. And then children need to submit to their parents, but the parents are supposed to love the children, see? And then the employees are supposed to submit to employers. But the employers are supposed to treat the employees with love. Civil leaders, we're supposed to submit to governmental rule as long as it doesn't violate the word of God. And then if, if, the, if the politicians pass laws that tell us to violate the word of God, then we say bunk on the politicians. We obey the word of God even if we wind up in prison. Is that right? Yes. Absolutely. Then the Bible talks about, in the First Peter, about younger folks ought to submit to their elders and so forth. And then here's another one. And I, I put this one last because I need to. But, it, but there's truth in this here. And did you know God has a local church for everybody? And it's up to that person to find out where God wants them to be and go to that place. A person should not go to a church because their friends go there or because their family goes there or because this this, or that or the other. You're supposed to find out where God wants you to be and stay there until he tells you otherwise. You don't leave based on circumstance. You, based on, you only would leave based if he told you to go. And God ain't moving people around near as much as what people move around. But he's got a pastor for everybody. And, and the thing of it is, is that as you study the Bible in, in the book of Hebrews and 1 Thessalonians, you can find this in Hebrews 13, you ought to read the whole chapter, you'll find what I'm talking about, is that he sets a pastor, a good godly pastor, up over a, 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 a church, and people that come to that church, that are assigned to that church, come under that pastoral authority. Did you hear that? And... and, 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 and I mean, wouldn't you want to be under a pastor that God put you under? 
And, and a pastor that's telling you, hey, if I mess up and advise you to do something out of line with this word, you obey the word and not me. It doesn't, isn't that safe? But I've watched this again and again and again over the years. Just in 25 years of doing this, and Pastor Terry, God's assigned me here. This is where God put me. And then something will come along, and, and I'll, I'll say, well, you know what? I feel like the Lord wants us to do a certain thing. And it doesn't violate the Word of God. And, and I don't ask hard stuff, just easy stuff. Stuff would take you maybe a minute or two a week. That ain't too much. And you'd be surprised. No way. Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. Not going to do that. It's not my thing, Pastor. Not going to do it. Now, I don't say nothing. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like confrontation. I don't say nothing. I get in this pulpit and the boldness comes on me. I'll say something. But once the boldness comes off me back at that door, I don't say nothing. And then those same people want to resist the devil and have him to flee. Guess what? The devil's going to just huff and puff and blow right back in your face if you won't submit to pastoral authority. I'm submitted to Rama Bible Church. I'm submitted to Kenneth Hagen Jr. I'm submitted to Doug Jones and the people there at RMAI, Rama Ministerial Association International. I'm submitted to those people. I'm under authority. Therefore, I can exercise authority. You understand that? And see, you, you, if God's assigned you to this place, are under my authority. I've already gone into hospital rooms under that pastoral authority, prayed for people, and just, they get healed. I've got an authority there. I've got power there. But I've already had people over the years that leave, that leave the church for whatever reason. And, uh, and people are going to do that. There's nothing you do about it. Uh, but then sickness will hit them. And then, they'll, then they'll, they'll call us up. And, 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 and I'll go. But I can't get the results for them like I could if I was standing in that pastoral authority. Say, so, well, why don't you call your pastor to go? Have him come pray for you. Well, well he, he doesn't believe in healing. He doesn't know the Lord like you do, Pastor Terry. So we go. But I'm limited in what I can do for him. Do you understand that? Don't talk much about this kind of stuff. But, but it's in this message right here that you'll understand why people, Christians, can't get their healing. Can't get their victory. Those of you who know me, you've known me 25 years, many of you. Am I dictatorial? Am I calling you on the phone, telling you what you ought to do and where you ought to live and what house you ought to buy or what car you ought to buy or, or I need you to give more? Do I do that? The only reason I might call somebody on the phone is if I don't see you for a little while here at church, I'll call you and check on you. Wouldn't you want that? 
any reasonable person I think would. But now if you miss one service or whatever, I'm not going to call you and bug you. But people don't want to say, people will say, I'm submitted to God. But they won't submit to the people God says they're supposed to submit to. And thus, they don't have any authority. When they need to resist the devil, it won't work. And do you know the true test of submission? This is a sobering message. Boldness on me today. I'm glad the bold, I need boldness to preach this message. I need, I could preach this message not under this boldness and it would help you, but it's not going to help you as much as me being under this boldness. And maybe it's helping somebody on that, that Facebook camera back there or on the internet. Hello out there. And I always wanted to do that. Hello there. I think she's led of the spirit of God. She knows when to put that camera up. I don't know how you know that, but when... When I have these good ones, you always got that camera up there. I like that. Good stuff. You know what the true test of submission is? It's disagreement. We're not going to find out if you're submitted to your husband until your husband asks you to do something you don't want to do. We're not going to find out if you're submitted to your pastor until your pastor asks you to do something that you don't want to do. Assuming it doesn't violate the word of God and all those safety nets. Submission can only be tested in an atmosphere of disagreement. Did you get what I just said? Because as long as, as long as I'm asking you to do everything you want to do, you don't have to submit to anything, do you? And as long as I'm not asking you to do anything... That's easy, isn't it? Yes or no? But if I were to ask you, and I seldom ask anything of anybody, but if I were to ask you as a church to do something, and it didn't violate the Bible and all that, if I did ask that, and you didn't do it, then you're not submitted to God. Is that correct? Is that all right? If Rhema asked me to do something that didn't violate the Word of God, and I, and I said... No. Then I then I and then I then I can't exercise authority, can I? I disobeyed him one time. Is it alright if I have you ever missed it? I wanted to do this years ago. I wanted to do a certain thing and and, and Tony Cook, wonderful man of God, said don't do that. And uh It was about using a certain person in the ministry back then, up in the school. And he said, don't do that. And I did it anyway. See, I wasn't submitted. And you know what? That thing that I didn't listen to him on came back and bit me. So I learned a lesson. I should listen. How do you test submission when there's what? Because we, we don't know if anybody's submitted as long as you're not being asked to do anything or you're being asked to do things you want to do. But what happens when somebody asks you that's in authority over you, that God puts in authority over you, and they ask you to do something you don't want to do? Now we're going to find out if you're submitted and we're going to find out if you're going to be able to exercise your authority. You getting anything out of this today? Now I could stop right here. It was worth coming, wasn't it? Let's talk about some of these different realms of authority. 
First of all, a person's will cannot be violated. The devil and demons are subject to us in Jesus' name, but people are not. We have authority in our own lives and in our own households. You'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So you've got 100% authority in your household and over yourself. And a husband would have authority over his wife if he loves his wife like Christ loves the church. Right? I already talked to you about pastoral authority. Let's talk about children. You have authority over your children. Now, hang on this next point here. As long as they're younger. But as they grow, the responsibility begins to fall on them to stand in their own authority. That's why it's so important that you teach your children and grandchildren about their God-given authority in the name of Jesus. And children can outgrow and do outgrow the authority that a parent has over them. Many times this is frustrating for believing parents. People ask me sometimes, what about grandchildren? Now, I haven't taught on this message for years, so it's, it's a good review. But when I taught it last time, I had people, this years ago I taught on this, people said, what about grandchildren? What about grandchildren? Well, I believe the authority you have over your grandchildren, a lot of it depends on your children. And you're, you're, if you're a grandparent, your child has far more authority over your grandchildren than you do as a grandparent. Now, sometimes you get parents that are they're derelict in their duty. Now, I believe then that, that, that a grandparent would have more authority there. Depends on case by case. But, but, but I'm just telling you, you would have more authority over your own young child than you would even over your grandchildren. You understand that? Do you get that? If the little grandchild wants a sucker and mommy says no and grandmommy says yes, really mommy ought to win out there, right? Mark 7, verse 24. Let's go there quickly. Mark 7, 24. Let's look at this. I want to get some verses of scripture in here. Have I given you any verses yet? I gave you one, James 4, 7. Watch this. Mark 7, 24. From here, from there, he, Jesus, rose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. He entered a house and wanted no one to know it. He couldn't be hidden. For a woman who's... Now, look at verse 25. A woman who's... Who's what? How old was she? We don't know, but she was what? This implies to me that this woman had complete authority over this, this girl. Why? Because she was her daughter and she was young had an unclean spirit. For the, for the sake of time, you, you can read the rest of it. sake of time, Jesus was able to help this young girl. The mother brought the young girl. Can you see the point I'm trying to make here? Why did this woman have authority over her daughter? Because the daughter was young. Does anybody remember how old Jairus' daughter was? 
See, Jairus had authority over her, didn't he? Now, things could have been different if the girl had been 20, 30, 40, you know. I, don't, I, I can't tell you what... So much of it depends on how much light the child has been taught by the parent. I remember there was a man in the Bible who brought his epileptic son to Jesus. And, and you read it in the Greek. The Greek says that the child was young. See, the, that, 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 that man had authority over the child because he was younger. I'm not saying you can't pray for your children as they get older. Don't misunderstand me, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm talking about being able to exercise authority. You know, I've got a son who's, who's 40, what, 41, 42... Now, now when now he, he, he Diane had him for before we got married, previous marriage. But when 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 he was ten years old, if I said Paul, Paul's going to jump. And now at forty, if I told, well, he'd still jump. But but do you understand? I have more authority over him at ten than at forty. Yes or no? There's one minister. Actually, his brother Hagen, concerning his son, who's now Pastor Hagen, you know. And, and, and Brother Hagen always prayed for Pastor Hagen when he was a little boy, prayed for him, prayed for him, prayed for him. He'd get to healing, get to healing. Get. All of a sudden, that stopped happening. Brother Hagen couldn't get, get the prayers answered anymore. I heard Brother Hagen tell this story myself, sitting right there in the congregation years ago. And he said, he said what happened was, as the Lord spoke to Brother Hagen's heart and said, said, now, now, your son has learned the word. You've taught him. He's 15 years old. Now he's got to stand on his own two feet. And Brother Hagen couldn't get his son's healing for him anymore. Guess what? His son, who's now Pastor Hagen, had to stand in, on his own faith, you see. So, so he outgrew Brother Hagen's realm of authority. Do, do you get what I'm saying? See, this attitude, well, we're just going to barge in here with our authority and just clear the decks, doesn't work. Even though God's given us authority, there's certain realms where it will work and certain realms where it, wo- where it won't. We have to understand that. Are you okay? Yeah. I have in my notes, one of the hardest things on parents is when their children grow up and have to exercise. They, the child has to stand on their own and the parent can't get answers for them in prayer like they did when they were, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 years old. 15, 18, whatever it is. I have here, they outgrow, their, they outgrow your realm. Doesn't mean you can't pray for them. Doesn't mean you can't pray for your grandchildren. Don't misunderstand me. You just don't have the kind of... I mean, just in the natural. I, I used the example of my son a moment ago. I don't have as much pull over him now that he's out on his own at 40 some odd years old as I did when he was 10 living under my roof. You understand? Yes. You know, there's something to be said. You know, as long as you're under this... Roof, you're going to do it my way. There's a lot to that because when you're under my roof, you're under my authority. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. We've had, uh, I'm going to probably say this later, but, but, but I'll say it now. And I won't have to say it later. I've had people come into this church, visitors and even visitors. I mean, people that attend here, you're, you're under our authority, all right? And I hope you think it's a good thing. It's a safety thing. But I've had visitors come in here. 
couple of them demon-possessed. Over 25 years, we've had thousands of visitors, but a couple of them demon-possessed. And when they were under this roof, in, on this property, uh, in this building, I could keep that demon from manifesting itself. In one case, I cast it out and it, it left. But now they, they walk outside that door and get out and get, get off this property. Now, that, now I don't have any authority over them. Did you get what I just said? Now it's different with you. You attend here regularly, so you know. But once they once they get out from under uh, off this property, I can't. I I lose the authority. How many of you get what I'm saying? There's such truth in this message. It help us. Look at this, Matthew the eighth chapter and the fifth verse. Matthew 8, 5, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, said, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said, I'll come heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof. Speak a word only and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under what? I'm under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he comes. And my servant, do this and he does it. What do we learn right here? We learn that this centurion was under authority and he had people under him. Is that right? So did this centurion have authority over this servant? Absolutely. And we know because the servant, did the servant obey the centurion? Absolutely. So you've got authority all over this. You've got the centurion He's under authority of the Roman government and his servant is under authority and, 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 and submitted to this centurion. You've got authority all over this. You've got all kinds of power in this. And he comes to Jesus and, and Jesus is going to go and he said, you don't even have to come. Just, just send the word. Didn't he say that? Don't, he said, just speak a word. Just speak the word. Jesus heard it, marveled. And said to those, Surely I haven't found such great faith, not even Israel. Verse 13, he said, Go your way as you believe, so let it be done to you. And the servant was healed from that hour. I'm talking about all kinds of authority there. You have a centurion under authority, the servant under authority. And he comes to Jesus on behalf of the servant. You, you, I mean, you, the power of God will just, just flow like a river right there. But if that centurion isn't under authority... You're not going to get that result. If that servant under that centurion wasn't a submitted servant, you're not going to get this result. This, this probably is the best passage on submission and authority that I think you'll find in the Bible. Do you see why they got results? Now look at Luke the fourth chapter and the 38th verse. I believe you're going to be better now, dear sister. I, I believe that. Last time you came in the line, Jesus healed you instantly. And I, I believe it's going to be fine. I didn't do that just because I didn't have anything else to do. And, and, and myself, I didn't want to do that. But I obeyed the Holy Ghost. 
And part of the reason I could do that is because you've submitted to the authority here. That's it. You understand? Luke 4.38, he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. This is Peter's house. Jesus gets done in the synagogue, goes over to Peter's house. Did Jesus just enter? Whose house did he just walk in? Simon Peter. Simon's wife, mother, was sick with a high fever. Now let me ask you, read, read on there and tell me, did Jesus just act on his own? They made a request of him concerning her. Now here's the creator of everything. The universe, and here's the creator of the universe. Here's God in the flesh. Walks into this man's house and won't do anything until he's asked. Now have you ever had a rude person come over to your house? I, I, I've actually had a, 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 a preacher in days gone by come over to my house and come in there and just act like he owns the place. No, I don't care if you're God himself. You walk in, because of the way God set it up, when God walked in, I know this is hard for religious minds to take, but if you can get a hold of this, when God, is Jesus God? When God walks into Simon's house, God came under his authority because he came into his house. Now, if Jesus is going to have, if that's true for Jesus, how many of you know, if I come over and I have come over to some of your houses, I won't, like when it's time to pray over to food, I will not say a word unless I am asked. Because the responsibility, the authority lays with the husband, the man of that house. And as long as I'm under that roof, what that man says goes unless it violates this book. And, it, and if he's going to do things that violates this book, then I have to leave the house. Because he has total authority there. But now, if I come over to your house and you ask me to do something, now that's a whole different thing. I had a person come to me many years ago. He'd bought a house. It was haunted. How many of you know there are haunted houses? There really are. But they're not spirits of the departed. They're they're demon spirits that'll live in those places. He bought a house and there was rapping on the walls in the midnight hour. He came up to me and he said, now he did not attend this church Regularly, but I knew him. He'd come once in a while. He said, there's rapping on the walls. Can you do anything? I said, well, I can if you give me authority. He said, I give you authority, Pastor. Go for it. We, we just bound up that demonic power, commanded it to leave. And guess what? The rapping on the wall stopped immediately. He came back and testified. He gave me authority. You learning anything? We can't just go in with our authority with a bulldozer and just plow everything down. I'll just, this country, do you pay taxes? So we have some authority, don't we? Right? If you don't vote, if you can vote and you don't vote, you forfeit much of your authority. Did you hear me? And there's a lot of Christians, they don't want to vote, but they'll sure crab and complain. 
about the nation. Right? I'll go you one better. There's a lot of Christians don't vote. But they'll tell you, I pray, oh, I pray. I pray for this day. Oh, I pray, I pray, I pray every day for the nation. It's all a bunch of hooey. You're wasting your time. If you can vote, you don't. Did you get what I just said? If you can vote and you don't, in other words, if you're disabled some way, you can't vote. That, yeah. But if you can vote and you don't vote, you, extra, you, 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 uh, you forfeit much of your authority that you have concerning this nation. Did you understand? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes or no? You got to vote. Now, 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 you vote, you pay taxes. Now, I'm going to tell you what. You get up in the name of Jesus, now you can wield that authority. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jesus went over to Peter's house, and they made request of him concerning her. Of course, he rebuked the fever, it left, and so on and so forth. Much we can learn from this. But the point I want you to get here, did Jesus come under Peter's authority? Did you ever study that story of the maniac of Gadara? Ever study that out? That demon-possessed man with the legion? You ever study that out? And if you look at Matthew's account, there's two men that are listed. In Mark's account, there's one. And people have asked me about that over the years. They say, how do you explain that? Like Ricky Ricardo would say, how do you explain that? How many knows who Ricky Ricardo is? How do you explain that? Well, much I could say, but here's the thing. Here's what I think. I think there were two demoniacs. Matthew tells us there were two. Mark tells us about the one that got delivered. And if you study Mark's account, Mark the fifth chapter, you'll find that the maniac, the one with the legion of demons that got delivered, the Bible says that he came and came before Jesus and worshipped him. Now the demons didn't come, but the man did. The man, though he was demon-possessed, there was... There was there was, he had enough semblance of his being that he wanted free and he came and submitted himself to Jesus and Jesus set him free. Do you see that? Apparently the other one didn't want to be free. Do you know if people are bound up by the devil and they don't want to be free, you can't get them free? Jesus can't get him free. Oh, Jesus, can't, no, he can't. Look at what he did in his own hometown. He went in his own hometown in Nazareth. The Bible said he could there do no mighty work. Why? Because of their unbelief, see? He did heal a few people that would yield to him. Did you ever study about that demon-possessed fortune teller and the apostle Paul? Did you ever, did you ever study that? She's demon-possessed. He was able to get her delivered. Do you know why he was able to get her delivered? Because she wanted to get delivered. I'm convinced of it. She, followed, she was following Paul. Now her masters didn't want her to get delivered. They were making money off of her. But she followed Paul and uh, she was demon possessed, all right. But I believe that there was enough semblance of being in her that she wanted to be free. But nonetheless, she did get in Paul's sphere of influence, didn't she? And after many days, the Bible says he turned and said to the Spirit, Come out of her in the name of Jesus. And the Spirit came out and she is delivered. But you could see where she was hanging around his realm of authority, wasn't she?
See, if you'll understand some things about authority, it'll help you. You got about eight more minutes, or do you want to just come back and have me finish it next time? I think I need to finish it under this the power here. Let's let's finish. Let's just finish it up. Let's talk about cities, towns, and communities. What about cities, towns, and communities where the demon power is 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 in manifestation? What can you do? Did you know that demons will set themselves up over regions, cities, towns? There's a different set of devils running things over here in St. Louis County that are different than what's over right up the road over in Jefferson County. Do you know that? All you got to do is cross that line. There's a different set of them. I noticed that as a young boy. I didn't know what it was. Now, I'm not saying anything disrespectful. I'm just saying... Did you know demons will set themselves up? I need to say this right here. Uh, Get this. In this nation, is there a same-sex law, same-sex marriage law? Yes or no? Is it running rampant in this nation? Yeah. All right. Now, we can stand against it. We We can do everything we can do. But if people, the preponderance of the people want it that way, There's only so much we can do. But we can keep it from operating in here. Did you get what I just said? Now we can stand against it, but as long as people want it that way, we can only just go so far. Do you understand that? Abortion. Now we've made some headway in that. Can you say amen? And, say, and Missouri's got, what, one clinic left? And I believe that's going to close. I, I'm trusting that. So you can see our authority works. But as long as people want it that way, as, as long as people want it that way, there's only so much we can do. But we can keep that stuff from operating in our lives, in our sphere. And I noticed this as a young boy. When I went across that, that St. Louis County into Jefferson County, when I, just, just that, and then like Valley Park. You go down to Valley Park. There's a spirit of poverty that's over that place. I've, no disrespect, but I've watched it from the time I was a little kid. And you go down there. Now, some of it is, isn't that way anymore. But much of it lay in poverty. It's a spirit. Now, there's a lot of people down there that are good people that some of them have broken out of that. Can you say amen? It's good. But I, I'm just telling you. It, 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 and, then, and then here in this area, it, it, it's different. And then, and then you go over the line, just go over that line, and this, this is, there's different things. You notice different things are allowed to operate right up here in, over in Murphy and High Ridge that don't operate here in St. Louis County. And what you need to realize is demonic power that's up over that. Can we keep it from operating? Well, we can do some things to limit it. But we can't stamp it all out. Why? Because there's people there in governmental positions that want that stuff there. Whether wittingly or unwittingly. Whether knowingly or unknowingly. Did you hear me? But, but, but can we for sure keep it from operating in our house? So look at this. Luke 10 
Verse 8. I hope I didn't offend anybody with what I said, because if you live in one of those places, you might think that I attacked your city, but I didn't. All I've given you is I've given you some light. You can stand against these things where you live, if you live in one of those places. Like Valley Park, some of my dearest friends growing up lived down there. I love that. I used to be a school teacher down there. It's a good place. Luke 10.8. Jesus said to his disciples, whatever city you enter, if they what? Eat such things as you have, heal the sick. Say to them, the kingdom of heaven's near you, but wherever, whatever city you go, and they do not what? Receive you. He said, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of the city which clings wipe off against you. What do we learn here? That a city could receive the power of God, or they could what? Reject it. And where they went, where the power was received, the power of God flowed. But where they went, and it wasn't received, even though they had the authority in Jesus' name, they couldn't do anything, could they? Because there was people there that didn't want the power of God to operate. Look at Revelation 2. I'm almost done. Look at Revelation 2, verse 13. <clears throat> this is in the city of Pergamos. And this was a church that was in the city of Pergamos. Revelation 2, 13. And, and Jesus says... To the pastor of this church in this city, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Think about that. How would you like to pastor a church in that city? And the King James says, actually, it says uh, where Satan's seat is. And W.E. Vine says it really should be translated seat of authority. And did you know that Satan had a, had, it, was like a it was like a throne, it was like a... a uh, you'd have to study it out. It was like like a big big throne type thing. And did you know that that thing was moved to Berlin right before or as Adolf Hitler was coming to power? How many knew that? The devil's real, folks. That's why you need to understand this message. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's seat or throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful martyr, was killed, where Satan dwells. See? I have a few things against you. Now watch this. Because you have there who hold to. See, if a person's holding on to the devil, you can't get them free of him. They held to the doctrine of Balaam and so forth. Look at verse 13. Thus you also have those who hold to the doctrine of Nicolaitan. These were false, evil doctrines. If you have people that are holding to evil things and they don't want to turn them loose, there's nothing you do about it. Oh, by the way, if you have anything in your house that is at all has any kind of demonic type symbols or anything like that, get that thing out of your house. I'll just tell you what happened to me and Diane the other day. We were sitting down to play a game of rummy. Well, she dusted me at Rummy last night. We sat down to play a game of Rummy, and, and we were looking. We hadn't played in a while. We were looking through our cards, and we pulled out a deck, and somehow it got in with our stuff. Somebody must have gave it to us, and on the back of it, there was like a like a genie type hypnotist on the back of all the playing cards. How in the world did that get in our house? I told her, "Let's get. We got to get that out immediately." And 
Any, any, anything, you got to keep that stuff out of your house. The devil looks for a way to get in any way he can. Oh, but that's just simple. That's just simple. Well, I don't want a hypnotist on the back of my playing cards, do you? Now, some people go even further and say, what do you got cards in your house at all for? Get them all out, you know. But I like playing rummy, so. Now, we're not playing five-card stud or nothing like that, you know, gambling. You can't hold, there's, if you got people holding to the devil, you can't get them loose. Did you hear me? Did you ever read that story we alluded to it a moment ago that, where that maniac, that, that demonic maniac was? And remember those devils that were in that, that maniac? Where did Jesus cast them into? Into the pigs and they ran down the sl- slope and caused them to commit suicide. Is that right? Even pigs didn't want the devil in them. But here's the thing. Those demons begged Jesus not to send them out of the country. Remember that? That's in Mark 5. What does that mean? There's, pl- there's certain parts. You know there's certain countries that, w- that are on the earth right now where the devil is allowed to have free course in. Right? The devil likes to go to places where there's not much teaching about him. So he could run rampant over those folks. So the devil and demons can only, bound, can only be bound in your realm of authority. Right? Satan's the god of this world system. He's the prince of the power there. He has a legal right to be here at this time until Jesus ends that in the future. As long as people in the community, city, town, state, or country want the devil operating there, he can't be pulled down or run off, but you can bind him as it pertains to you and your, you and yours and your realm of authority. Isn't that good news? It's like tornadoes. Have, have you, haven't you seen it's work like clockwork for us? When tornadoes are headed this way, we're able to bind them up, right? Break them up, send them north, south, break up. How many of you have been here? We've done that. I got a 25-year record. It's, 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 it's perfect. Right? But somebody came to me one time and they said, Oh, there's a tornado headed to my, uh, my parents' house down in Florida. You've got to help. You've got to help. I can't do nothing. I don't have authority there. Now, if I'm in Florida on vacation and one's headed our way, guess what I can do? I can do something about it. Let's close right here. Go to 1 Thessalonians 2 and we'll stop. I hope you got something out of this today. It's a different service, different, different, whole different deal. This is a key message. This, this answers why, why things are the way they are. 1 Thessalonians 2. Guess what the Apostle Paul said? He said he wanted to go to a certain place. He wanted to go to the church in Thessalonica time and again, but somebody hindered him. Who hindered him? Now, now, for the sake of time, we could go to the book of Acts and we'll see. You know how Satan hindered him? Now, now if Paul was just dealing with the devil, it'd be easy. Because he'd just say, in the name of Jesus, bind you up, that's the end of it. But guess what? You can see in the book of Acts, Acts 13, you can look, up, look it up sometime. For sake of time, we won't look there. But guess what? Satan would get people and he'd, he'd, he'd wind people up and stir people up to come against Paul. And guess what? If we're dealing with the devil directly, we've got so much authority. But if the devil gets people stirred up against us, it limits us. Why? Because now we're not dealing directly with the devil. We're dealing with people and their wills. 
And that's how the devil was able to hinder Paul, and that's how he'll hinder you. Most of the time, the devil won't come directly at you. He'll stir somebody up against you. And now it's, you're more limited because you can deal with the devil, but you can't do anything about that person's will. So guess what Paul did? He stood in God's grace. And when he was weak, God's grace made him strong, and he finished his race. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's grace will help you finish your race. That's a good little saying, isn't it? God's grace will help you finish your race. God's grace will help you finish your race. Even if you have the devil stirred up a whole, a whole ton of people against you. Bless God. Grace will help you finish his race. So submit to God and his word. And to those he puts in authority over us, understand our realm of authority, then resist the devil, he'll flee. Stand with me if you would. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for these people today and those who heard me on Facebook, those who hear me on the internet, that they'll take this message to heart and they'll get in the word of God. Find some more things out about the authority you provided for us in your holy name, in the name of Jesus, and help us to walk in the revelation of it and the light of it. And as we do, we'll see things change for the better. If you need healing, if you need anything uh, that we can do for you, there'll be people up here to pray for you. Otherwise, I thank you for coming. Thanks for being in this atmosphere with me. Thanks for letting me flow in boldness. And we trust we've helped some folk today. Don't forget, we're going to break. without Now today, we're going to break for about five or six minutes. And we have church prayer. Unless something goes out of the order, I don't see it going real long. Maybe about 30, 40 minutes. Jesus said, could you not pray with me one hour? So come if you can. We'd love to have you. Break five minutes, five or six, and then let's get back in here and let's...